Casual Temple podcast, and you're listening to episode number 10, and I am your host, Marilyn Duffy. The Casual Temple is a place to discuss the many ways we are connected to the unseen world of spirit and how that empowers us to know our true selves. If you enjoy this podcast, please take a moment to show some love, like, follow, and review on your favorite podcast platform. This week on The Casual Temple, we delve into the mystical realm with our special guest, Robert Peter. Robert is a chaos magician who specializes in deity pathworking and conducts intriguing saint candle magic rituals for his clients. There is also a fascinating discussion on pop magic, a topic I was eager to learn more about. Ever thought about working with Mary Poppins as your magical ally? Stay tuned to discover the unexpected ways she can assist you on your magical journey. Welcome to The Casual Temple. This week, my guest is Robert Peter, who is an English occultist, writer, and teacher based out of the UK. Robert has a Patreon and Etsy shop where he works with clients using deity pathworking and Catholic Saint Candle services, which we'll learn more about today. Thank you for your time, uh, Robert, and happy to have you here. No problem at all. It's a pleasure <laughs> to be here. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. So I guess we'll just kind of get started. Um, the main question I generally ask is, what has your spiritual path looked like up until current day? I want to start there. Um, <laughs> If you can imagine various pots of paints all being opened at the same time, thrown together in a bowl and uh, mixed with a blender at various different speeds, that's probably the best way to describe it. So yeah, complete chaos, <laughs> but, but good chaos, good chaos, of course. Good chaos. Uh, was there an event or something early on in childhood that made you question kind of the nature of reality and that there's more than what you're being told kind of situation? Not so much. Um, not so much at all. It was kind of from the get-go that I had this viewpoint anyway. Um, I had near-death experience when I was about four months old, I think it was, um, and saw spirits and interacted with them from like, a very young age. So it was more the opposite of trying to interact with a world that, from my meager understanding, wasn't in touch with that side of things. Mm. Was there an example of sort of that juxtaposition where you were like, wow, I like you have like a really good um, grasp on sort of the spiritual from a very, very young age. Was there something where it was really clear to you like the material world, the world that we're in now, and that was very different? Was there a particular event or... Yeah, I guess when when I was interacting with other people and telling them that I was like talking to spirits and stuff like that, um, that was the main one really. I mean, family members are more open to it, uh, but when you start moving into an educational setting such as school, uh, you learn very very quickly that that's not how it goes. Um, and there was even a couple of people in my class at school that had similar experiences but at the threat of being dragged down by the majority um perspective they just kept silent about it so yeah, yeah. It, was, it was more like you learn to shut up about it very quickly basically and to keep it to yourself mm-hmm. so. so it sounds like uh, your family that there it was more of an accepted thing were there uh, certain family members that you talked about this with or um or is it just the whole family was very comfortable with that? So I never really opened up to many family members about it anyway. Like my mom was fairly open to it and my nan uh, was fairly open to it anyway. But there wasn't really 
like much conversation happened about it. Like there was an acceptance acceptance of it, hmm. but there wasn't much need to. So. Yeah, I see. Would you say in your path? Because it seemed again you were very young and sort of had this openness to uh, uh, the spiritual world or the other world or you know whatever you call it. Uh, but were there any role models on your journey that you followed, either the books that you read or teachers that you were looking at that kind of helped you kind of work in both worlds, I guess? Not really. Um, not at all up until I was about 23. And then I discovered the Theosophical Society. Mm. So like Matt Kisaki, um Charles Webbeater, Annie Besson, stuff like that. And they were the only people that I kind of not attached myself to, but they opened my eyes to other things out there. There's a book um, by Annie Besson and Charles Webbeater, which is like thought, uh, thought forms and the power of thought, I think it's called. Yeah, I have that um, one. <laughs> which is, is one of, I, I, I love that book. Yeah. Through and through. And, and it explained a lot of things that were happening uh, happening to me. So mm. when I used to be in school, um, I used to do sort of like creative writing, shall we say, um, in English literature. Mm-hmm. And I would just go and teach them trance, which I didn't know trance back then, and just just come out with these like profound um, scriptures, if you will, of happenings in other worlds and other things. You yeah. might have looked at that as and say, well, that's just a child's imagination, but I mean. If a child's imagination is basically seeing a rift between worlds and what you might call holy demons or planetary intelligences all interacting and yeah, having a great tea party in the sky, shall we say? <laughs> then yeah, that then that's a pretty vivid imagination for a child that wasn't exposed to any of that. So. Um, yeah, the thing about the uh, thought forms book um, by Annie Bos- uh, Bosant, Bosant, just like literally just yeah. forgot it. Yeah. Um, the artwork in there is pretty amazing. Like I really love art and especially abstract art. And I can kind of see the, uh, not the birth of it, but sort of how those two things kind of go together. Um, and just her explanation of sort of what those thought forms can just like look like from an art perspective is like pretty amazing. So I'm happy you brought that book up. So kind of flowing into that for you, uh, I know what I, I know is like you kind of started out as uh, in chaos magic. Um, so can you explain what that is for folks who may be unaware of what chaos magic is? So the, I guess the sort of popular belief is that you use belief <laughs> um, as a tool to shape your reality. But yeah, for me, I kind of agree with that and I kind of don't um, because for some chaos magicians, it's more a case of like taking bits from here, taking bits from there, and, and seeing what works. Um, but for me, it's a bit more complex than that, and I don't really think I can do it any justice um, with an explanation because it's kind of one of those things you go to talk about, and then your mind just stops because there's so many things that are trying to get out at once, and they're all trying to explain themselves at the same time because they all want to be at the start, they all want to be at the middle, and they all want to be at the end. Um, so yeah, it's, it's quite um, it's quite a difficult thing. Um, I guess if I was going to try though, I'd just say it's 
the art of experimentation um, in the occult and and seeing what works really and just and just making that a part of your journey um but there was one thing um on the lead up to the podcast that i experienced and it was more you going out and seeing what works but also being influenced by the divine and allowing the divine give you what works so you might be on a strictly pagan path and the next thing a saint might show up and be like hey come and work with me um and if you're on a pagan path and you might be adverse to working with the saints you might have some roadblocks there to deal with but it's having that trust on communication with that spirit and seeing what it has to teach you um because it might not always be cut and dry what i've spoken mm-hmm. about in line with this is syncretism so a saint might actually be a cover for a pagan deity or a pagan spirit so it's best to go with it explore it see what it actually is rather than just taking it at face value so is that sort of how you approach um kind of your practice today and how chaos magic weaves in is you just kind of let these i don't know what you call them like energies or whatever wants to approach you and you'll be open to working with them is that kind of what i understood no i'll talk to them if you kind of look at like your instagram dms like everyone's going to message you but you might not always reply to them or you might just be able to see through it straight away if it's a trickster entity then you might be like well you're a trickster entity i'm not going to like bother with you and you just banish them or bind them or whatever if they're legit then you'll talk to them um and be open to seeing where that conversation goes but um yeah actually a, a great way to do it is to sort of vet them like you were the guest on a podcast <laughs> like you wouldn't let everyone come on your podcast would you mm-hmm. so yeah just make sure they're okay um and then work with them based on what's happening but i think to immediately sort of like block them because they might be a trickster entity is is a bad thing you know because you're closing yourself off to potential opportunities and potential growth because you might even grow from interacting with a trickster entity mm-hmm. the trickster entity might come in and then another day you might come in off the back of that and say well i actually sent you that to see if you have to deal with tricks with that so you always have to keep an open mind i think yeah uh, it's making me think again, we were uh, chatting previously, and I know you work with your clients and you were talking about how you would talk about um, banishing rituals um, mm-hmm. with with your clients and a lot of them, or not a lot, but some of them seem unfamiliar with what that is. And so what made me think about that with what you're talking about trickster energies, because a lot of people who maybe start working with spirits or um, they get really free. I, me included, <laughs> get kind of freaked out when you say something like a trickster energy or something might be, you know, there to like mess with you and not necessarily be helpful. Um, do you consider using a um, banishing ritual to kind of keep the more, like, how would you use that in reference to the trickster energy? Or would you use your deity relationship as more of the intermediary between that? Hey you can use i mean i work with mercury like i work with mercurial spirits as as it's just a a standard um being communications if you will um so as a byproduct of that you kind of are a trickster like yourself Mm. so there's always always benefits in working with trickster energy because they can help 
highlight part of your personality that or parts of your sort of makeup um that are easily um assailed if you will or that they can basically point out all the, the holes in your like theory or mm. what you're doing you know what i mean they're very very good at like nitpicking so right whenever you one benefit basically yeah, one benefit of working with trickster ranges is that okay fine and you let them pick all the holes in your armor you let them say well this is what's wrong this is what's wrong and then you just say thank you and then you go away patch up all them holes and then get rid of them like you use them to your advantage like just banishing them away straight away is, is I, mean, I think is wrong mm-hmm. depending on what they are of course you're going to get tricksters that are a lot more um how do i say this aggressive than others and right. some that just kind of come in and do the damage so mm-hmm. it's about being smart with it like if you're if you're dealing with a trickster that is traditionally mercurial energy anyway then if you outsmart the trickster sometimes they're just like well okay you're outsmarting me cool what did you get from that well you're now more intelligent so they always they benefited you yeah they always benefit you sorry yeah there's there's never a bad thing to come from it as long as you're ready to do the work Mm -hmm. if you're going to sit there and kind of harass you then you're going to feel like hard done by but yeah like it in in regards to banishing yeah to come back to it yeah definitely do banish them but learn from them first they're really really good Mm -hmm. teachers yeah yeah it sounds like um the way you explained it is maybe in the beginning like when you're new to it like banish just banishing whatever but as you go along it's probably a good tool to work with the trickster energy to kind of heighten what you're i don't know what you're focusing on i think i think though that it is really really good to work with them from the get-go because from the get-go you may or may not depending on where you're beginning your path from have things that you can improve on right so if someone's going to come along give you a load of stuff to improve on mm-hmm. then you're like well now i've got my work cut out for me you know what i mean now you don't have to like do all your spiritual searching and go mm-hmm. from one tradition to another trying to find yourself the trick mm-hmm. is going to point out exactly where you need to go anyway so in actuality from the get-go they're one of the best things that can approach you i think cool that's a great perspective on trickster energy. Thank you. So kind of looping into sorry, your current practice. Um, I know part of it is something you call DD pathworking. Um, I don't know if it makes sense to describe just what pathworking is in general or just describe your process of DD pathworking and what that looks like, whatever you want to start. So when I work with um, deities and clients, a lot of it is just me challenging the deity. Um, but if the client feels they're ready or if the deity wants to meet with the client like one-on-one without me being a um, middleman, then often they will give me a path working for a client, which is a series of suggestions. So you might do it like this, like uh, a green meadow, um, a starlit sky, a tennis ball flying at superhuman speeds through that starlit sky. And basically what it allows you to do is you follow them along and then you'll go and meet the deity in their home, if you will. Mm. So like their actual home or wherever you, um, wherever you want to put it. And um, yeah, it allows you just to go and commune with deity one-on-one, basically, and then learn from them. Yeah, uh, sorry, my mind just went blank then. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it allows you to, to learn from them uh, directly rather than coming to me, which is, which is good. 
which is what I want anyway. I don't, not that I don't want to be a middleman, like not that I kind of abhor it in any way, but I think having that direct experience is always better than having someone speak for you. So. Mm -hmm. Cool. It sounds like you're kind of introducing people <laughs> to sort of the saints yeah. and then like, cool, you guys know each other. <laughs> How about you start working together? <laughs> I like yeah, that. Basically, yeah. yeah, very cool. I like that approach. So, okay, so kind of, thank you for explaining sort of that. Um, what are some, what are some main deities that, or saints, sorry, so main saints that tend to come through? Are there, is there certain ones that tend to pop up a lot for people or is it just, you know, pretty specific? It, there, there are thousands of saints. Mm -hmm. um, so it, yeah, it all depends on where they're at on their pathway. Um, same with deities. Um, it can be, any deity from any pantheon, um, yeah, any any saint from any background. I've actually discovered quite a lot of saints through working with people that I'd never heard of before. And I'm like, oh, who are you? And then they're like, oh, I'm Saint so-and-so. And I'm like, all right, okay, so, so what, are you, what are you here for? And then they'll tell me and then they'll connect through me. And then I kind of build a partial relationship with that saint based on the interaction, so. And so with the the saint work you do, is it sort of a similar process to the deity working where you're sort of introducing somebody or are you just doing uh, the candle work, like a specific ritual for somebody? Um, so yeah, there's, there's a lot of introduction uh, that happens. A lot of it is more, I would say it's akin to if you act as a medium for clients and you are channeling the spirit of the deceased. Um, for that client to then get a message over to them, etc. It's all communication, basically. If you're gonna if you're gonna put it down to just bare bones form, um, but they often do have magical interactions through ritual, mm. if you will, as well. So you might do like a novena for someone uh, for health, etc., etc. So yeah. Uh, so it, when you do a ritual for, or so are you doing the candle magic ritual for your client? So I guess how the process uh, works for your specific client, I guess, or how that functions. Yeah. So we'll go, we'll go through the, um, we'll go through the situation and, and then mm -hmm. it needs to happen. And then, yeah, I'll do it remotely for the client. Yeah. Okay. So you basically create like a candle associated to the saint and then kind of do your ritual. Um, yep. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, well, very cool. Uh, so how, why uh, Catholic saints? I'm assuming it has something to do maybe why they started coming into your practice. Um, but why do you think uh, Catholic saints started showing up for you? I just think they're perfect for communication if you will like they're very they're very human so they they kind of bridge the gap between um spirit if you will deity and humanity because their whole purpose of interacting with humanity after death be it martyrdom or by natural causes is to come back and aid the living but it's different than if there's a say ancestor um 
wants to work with you. Like they've been imbued with what some would call the Holy Spirit or divinity and they've been given purpose. Um, one of the sort of most recent cases of this, if you will, is um, a saint called uh, Jesus Malverde. He's a Mexican folk saint who apparently when he died, um, screamed out like, oh, God, let me help my people or something along those lines. And then from that, he then came back and helped or helped the impoverished, uh, oh. impoverished, and um, yeah, and, and people suffering. So, oh, cool. Yeah, a lot of, uh, I guess, a lot of personality to the saints, right? They have, yeah. like you said, I, I like how you explained that they're more kind of human and relatable than um, that's a really good point. It's not that deity aren't relatable, but if you say to someone, oh, like Zeus wants to work with you, they're like, oh, I don't know anything about Zeus. But if you say um, St. Anthony of uh, Padua wants to work with you, they can go and read about the life and times of St. Anthony of Padua, create a point of connection with them. And yeah, it's just a lot easier, right? So. Yeah. I guess, yeah, because Zeus seems like, what, Zeus? What? Like, it's kind of, <laughs> kind of a big, feels more big, I think. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but there's um in in regards to some of the African traditions, hmm. you have the Orisha, which wear the mark of the saints um through syncretism, so you can actually connect with deity energy, if you will, through the guide of a saint. So it's hmm. almost like you go and talk to the um the assistant manager, and then they go and talk to the regional manager through that. But you for the assistant manager, the regional manager, the same thing. It's mm -hmm. like Jesus and God, right? Like you, you probably find it a lot more palatable to talk to Jesus than you would talk to God, because God's this ineffable thing that controls everything, and Jesus is just this personification of Him. If mm -hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so, if a client comes to you, do they already know that they want to work with either a deity or a saint, or is it something that you consult with them about first? I guess is a question. Doesn't always happen. Hmm. Yeah, it doesn't always happen. Um, when I didn't open up my services for deity or saint work, I would have a lot of deities coming through the client. Um, and it was almost the case of, look, you need to make people aware that you do this. So sometimes it's like ancestors come through, and if that's the case, that's what happens. Mm -hmm. If it's an angel that comes through, even that comes through, if it's like anything that comes through, like I'm still that communication person. So I need to, yeah, I, mean, I basically just need to do whatever wants to come and talk um mm -hmm. and however it wants to come across like i can't hold any judgment or sort of like predisposition towards certain traditions mm -hmm. um but yeah it's i think when you tell people you work with saints especially they think that you're more pulled to like the abrahamic um right. base mm -hmm. um but they don't really understand or take a step back and go hang on a minute hang on <laughs> like he's got like a santa morte statue like on his table or he's got like a Ganesha statue or a Flo's statue or something like that. So, yeah. mm -hmm. so it sounds like, um, so if a client were to come to you, do they, do they know like, Oh, I would like you to do a saint service or they're they kind of... yeah, yeah. Oh, I, do, okay. I do have that um, available. Um, mm -hmm. I have listings on my Etsy as well. And I do let people know that I do work with saints. Um, but there was been, a multitude of events where I haven't 
told people that I work with Saints mm. and they've come up to me and been like, hey, I was really drawn to you. Um, God told me that you work with Saints. And I was like, right, okay, wow. here we go. Yeah, so yeah. And like in, in places where you wouldn't expect Saints to show their faces mm. as well. And I'm not. I'm not saying that Saints like have a particular place or they're kind of like snobbish or whatever, but that traditionally you wouldn't expect people to go who work with Saints. If that makes sense, like and still work with other stuff. I mean, me as an example works with Saints and works with other stuff, which is fine. So mm-hmm. I understand there are people out there that do so. But if you were to look at it from like you know what I mean, just the sort of like base level viewpoint. Yeah. You would, Uh, so what are some interesting <laughs> some because you mentioned like there's interesting venues that somebody might approach you what is an interesting venue somebody ap- approached you about working with saints um so i do i do an event in england called the satanic flea market mm-hmm. and i've had i think the last event i did i'd say 11 out of 12 clients all had saints come through to them wow yeah pretty amazing yeah i guess you wouldn't expect that at the satanic flea market for sure <laughs> yeah exactly. that's what i mean right yeah yeah so and it's happened it happened um i've done the event like a number of times now and it, it's like happened quite a few times um mm. and even when saints were they were there but they were more on the periphery mm. they they started working with me like through events and stuff and kind of like nudging me towards working with them anyway in places where I wouldn't have um, considered it. So yeah. Yeah. Wow, cool. Um so I know you mentioned something about um pop magic. So I was hoping you could explain that. I'm kind of vaguely familiar with it. So I, I if you could explain that that would be great. So pop magic for me is a natural branch um off the tree of working with deity. Anyway, so then if someone was to ask me, just stay on the street, like, what is pop magic? I'd say, well, you work with Thor from, you're, you're like in the traditional methods. So you can work with Thor through the guise of him being in, um, like, a Thor film. <laughs> it's mm. quite easy. Like, you can work through the thing of being Marvel Thor, right? Yeah. Like, it's still the same thing. Um, like they're still getting praise from it because the idea was inspired by Thor. So you can work with him based on that. So you could, and what I do actually is I have Funko, uh, Funko Pops. Oh yeah. You know Funko Pops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the little dolls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I use them as representations of the deities. Cool. So I have a um, Flash doll for Mercury and for Hermes um, and then a multitude of others. There's also Moon Knight from Marvel, mm-hmm. um, which Konsu in it, which yeah. is really good because getting a statue of Konsu is really hard. So yeah, it uh, it's good though. But it yeah, it allows you to sort of take the I guess if you call it like EBGDs or sort of like um nervousness out of contacting a deity because mm. when I've done deities for people, they're like, Oh wow, like as you said, oh Zeus, wow, like yeah. can't contact him, it's even scary. But if you're if you see a on screen representation of Zeus in say Thor Love and Thunder, mm-hmm. then you're like, Oh, I'm just looking to that guy and it gives you a face. 
if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, totally. But through that, it's almost like an epithet, really, isn't it? Um, or through that energy. Yeah. But it also allows you to like, summon them in certain ways and uh, work with them in certain ways. So if mm-hmm. Thor and Love and Thunder, uh, sorry, if Zeus and Love and Thunder um, liked a certain thing, then you would get him that as a, an offering. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's a form of chaos magic, really. But yeah, it just breaks things down in a way that the sort of entry level practitioner will be able to um, connect with the deity. Mm. And you mentioned planetary magic, I believe. You can also contact um, planetary aspects through working with pop magic. Mm-hmm. So if you think if you're working with the flash, the flash is Mercury, you can connect to that planetary energy. You have Zeus, Jupiter, and so on and so forth. So yeah, it's, it's really good. I love it. It's, it's great. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I like that. Um, I like how you articulated that because it is, you know, all those things are based off, you know, quote unquote, based off of these older things, but it seems more, again, more friendly <laughs> or like, oh yeah, I know that guy or whatever. <laughs> like, it, doesn't, uh, it doesn't just stop there though. Like you can connect with, um, in the past I've connected with Mary Poppins. Mm, um, she was mm-hmm. great. She was amazing. Like if you look at, even if you look at Mary Poppins, she is a very, very helpful character to have on right. your quote unquote spirit team or spirit team, sorry. So yeah, you can connect with her to get stuff done, to get advice from. You can connect with like Indiana Jones, James Bond, like anyone in pop culture you can think of. It's not just limited to superheroes and that sort of stuff. Um, but you can always attribute planetary energies to a said thing. Mm-hmm. So you could say Mary Poppins is a mix between Hokma and Binar on the Tree of Life. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's it's really cool. If you get a tree of life and you want to make your own sort of like pop culture um, pantheon, then yeah. you can basically say, I have Indiana Jones over here and James Bond over here and so on and so forth. So you could even get the, the cast of The Office and map them out <laughs> on the tree of life and work with them through pop magic if you really wanted to. Wow. So yeah i like that it's very cool yeah when you're saying mary poppins for some reason i went to astrology and i was like what astrological sign would or one of the signs i was like virgo she seems like a virgo (laughs) yeah it's cool though isn't it like yeah it is cool (laughs) oh what's in that eighth house Hmm." yeah the cool thing about through law if you look up when mary poppins birthday was or like when mickey mouse's birthday was you can actually run birth charts on mickey mouse and you can work out his um planetary like, attributes and stuff like that so wow. yeah yep That's so they, they were born they still, right? so oh i'm sorry yeah. Born, so, yeah oh wow yeah that's true oh yeah that's very fun it's, it seems like a very fun uh way of kind of interacting with these things so that's very cool mm-hmm. but it's um it comes back to as well one of the most popular ones is superman obviously superman is a solo deity yeah. right yeah. Power from the sun, and you can you can work with him. Yeah, in planetary magic. Like you don't want to get a statue of say Ra or Apollo or another sun deity, if you will, and you can get a statue of Superman and just use him as your representation. Um, yeah. before we started, if you'd have noticed when I was coming in the uh, coming into this room, I had uh, two Funko Pops that were in boxes still. One of them was the Flash, so I needed a new Flash, <laughs> and the other one was a Raven from uh dc oh yeah 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 like uh, teen titans. yeah teen titans yeah yeah, yeah. yeah 
Uh, she she's an extremely powerful sort of moon quote unquote practitioner. So, what do you associate Raven with? I just said moon, but like, what are you? Oh, using? Yeah, yeah, she's very, she's very lunar, if you will. But mm-hmm. I don't know. She she's all over the place. She has so many abilities. That, That's true. Yeah, you could, you could put her in any single one of them, and she'll fit right in. So, uh, yeah. Um, I'm looking over. I have on my. I have different because I do the planetary magic, and I have um, a Venus altar. And it seems kind of weird that I put her here, but um, gosh, now I'm blanking on her name. But uh, the DC magician, uh, Zatanna. She, yeah, oh, she's Zatana, in. Yeah. yeah, she's on my Venus altar. I know she seems like she could go in the Mercury altar, but she's like kind of a Venusian. No, she, I would say more. <laughs> if, if I was going to put her between either Venus, I don't know. I might even put her in Pluto. Mm, yeah i don't have a pluto altar i have the main seven but like pluto altar is interesting hmm. yeah she's she's yeah she's great she's <laughs> yeah. um worked with john constantine for a bit in mm-hmm. um pop magic and um yeah he he's he's great as well oh, but yeah. uh prepare to take opportunity to fight him if you if you work with him because yeah he he gets into bad habits but also very good ones in regards to magical practice. So. Yeah. Well, I know there was a story um, that Alan Moore had of meeting John Constantine. I'm sure you're aware of that story, yeah. which is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, no, it, 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 wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, if enough people are putting thought into him, then he, he, could, he could manifest, you know. So. Yeah. It's not out of the realm, it's a possibility. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was fun. Thank you for going down the road of pop magic. It was extremely fun um, thinking yeah. through that. Now yeah, I'm like, my it. brain's firing <laughs> <laughs> of good. how I could use it. Yeah. So I know that you also do, and we even talked, you mentioned this beforehand, that you do, is it servitor talisman work or servitor work? Um, yeah. And can you yeah. explain for folks that don't, know what a servitor is kind of what what a servitor is so uh most common example is essentially creating a spirit for a specific purpose um using various forms of charging so um in your case you might use planetary energies to charge it if you wanted one to bring you wealth you would use jupiter energies but also maybe a splicing of mercurial energy to go and get the word out that you mm-hmm. want to bring that to you. Um, yeah, it's basically using a bunch of different elements to create a spirit or a being, um, sometimes using thought form technology as well, sometimes not. Um, it basically just goes out into the world and gets stuff for you. You could, you could make one that can go and get you a parking space or can always get you a parking space. Um, but you can also make them once again, based off of deity, right? Mm. So if you wanted to work with a deity, but you didn't want to work with the whole deity, you wanted to work with Anubis, you could make a servitor not called Anubis, but you could make it based on Anubis, if you will. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, Yeah, thanks for explaining servitors. Uh, How do you work with your clients for servitors? I'm assuming uh, you create them for that, but how does that process work uh, when someone approaches you to create a servitor for them? Um, so sometimes if someone says, hey, look, um, I'm dealing with some energetic issues. I keep getting assailed by, say, four forms. My workplace is really crappy and 
Barbara on the fourth floor can't stop worrying about her rap problem and it's just shooting off thought forms left, right, and center. I'll say, right, well, let's look at the situation. Would banishing Barbara out of her job be a good thing? No, because then she would lose her job. Would dealing with her rap problem be the right thing? No, because that's not your responsibility. Okay, so what can we do? Do you even want to like do a protection spell on you? Or would you rather create a servitor that you can control basically whenever you want? And then if anything else comes up like this in your workplace, you can use it to protect you and to keep you um, energetically clean, so to speak. Oh, cool. I like that process of like actually considering the target or whatever. <laughs> that's that's uh, very good. empathetic. <laughs> yeah. Because no, it's not Barbara's fault, is it? It's right. Not Barbara's fault, <laughs> that problem. Yeah. Um, oh, thanks. Yeah, that's a cool, um, I, I like that process. It's a very like back and forth with your clients. So it's very good. Yeah. It's not like there's not an always, it's not like a, a one thing fits all with clients. Mm. Like, wouldn't just say, like a, someone that just creates servitors might say, well, servitors for everything or deity for everything if they just mm -hmm. want a deity. I think having a lot of tools in your toolkit allows you to connect with a lot of different clients. So. Very cool. So speaking of that, what is kind of your favorite client story to share? Obviously, you know, no names or anything, but like something oh, where you oh. you have one. <laughs> oh, no. I'm trying to think. <laughs> oh. <laughs> or a recent one. There's always so many guys. It's like, yeah, <laughs> like, it's like um, at this point, I'm opening like 20 file drawers at the same time. That's mm -hmm. trying to go through them all. <laughs> um, no, I literally, I've drawn a blank, like <laughs> a flower draw blank. So that's okay. I literally can't think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's so many, yeah, there's so many that uh are interesting. There's hard to choose. Um, yeah. okay. Mm -hmm. I guess there will always be my favorite is working with material energies and things like that. So, mm. mm -hmm. uh, I discovered someone actually uh, built a tulpa the other mm. day, accidentally. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and then had to remove that. But that's the only one I can think of. Um, of like, really. So they built their own uh -huh. tulpa? Is that what? Yeah, accidentally. Oh. Accidentally? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen it like a couple of times, but yeah, it, it's quite an impressive feat if you think of what a tulpa is. Mm -hmm. um, so it just goes to show that tulpas can be made through thought on something mm -hmm. that maybe you shouldn't have been thinking of. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, or just or just aimlessly piling thought into one area. I'm not saying that the person aimlessly piled thought into one area, but it was created quite strongly as well. Yeah. So. Huh, interesting. Because I know um, I had read about that Tulpa, whose book? Oh, Mark Stavish's book on egregores. He talked, oh, there's like this, egregores. yeah, it's a great book. Um, but he has that, I guess there's a famous Tulpa story that he relates in there where uh, a woman had created a, a tulpa or um, I can't remember what it was. It's based around some situation, but it started acting negatively in her life. Um, 
And so, yeah, so it sounds like similar situations you've encountered with folks that you have to create or, or what exact, what method did you use to help somebody in that situation? Oh, I can't say. <laughs> oh, okay. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, that seems like a scary sort of situation. Um, and yeah, very fascinating. Um, is there, okay. So are there any upcoming events or, uh, news that you want to share about uh, what you're doing for folks that, that you'd like to communicate? Um, so I have a couple of projects on the go. I'm due to go to the next incarnation of the Satanic Flea Market, which mm. is in London on the 10th of December. Um, all details are on my Instagram page. Um, apart from that, not really. It's just more service or creation for clients, um, more spell work, if you will. Hmm. And then, um, then yeah, I've got a I've got a project on the go at the moment, um, which will allow people to connect with my personal servitors, if you will, hmm. um, which is which is quite cool. Um, but apart from that, at the moment, it's very sort of like under wraps, not um. Yeah, not not saying too much about it. So. Yeah, um, I've had kind of interactions working with another magician that was she was offering up some of her own servitors to use. It's kind of interesting because like I've done servitor creation myself, and yeah. um, I, it's a cool cool process because it's very creative. Um, I enjoy it quite a bit, but it's interesting working with somebody else's creation <laughs> that closely. Mm. So it's very fascinating. Yeah. It's, it's if you think about it, there's like parts of their personality and stuff that goes into them. So yeah. yeah. Also you can you can even deduce that back to planetary influences in their mm -hmm. own chart and see how to work with it. So. Yeah. Uh, well cool. Well thank you. Um so what is a per either like a personal motto or words of wisdom that you would like to share with the audience to kind of, that gets you through that you like? Um uh, actually, if I want to uh, paraphrase a very, very cool magician um, called Ramsey Jukes, I don't know if you're aware mm -hmm. of Ramsey Jukes. Mm -hmm. um, so if he's got a few um, sort of like podcasts and things out there where he talks about his early days of magic, and there was a lot of people telling him that so and so wouldn't work and this wouldn't work, and he said, "Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to act." As if it does work and if it does work then how do i think it would work hmm. and then you got results right yeah yeah but don't uh, moving moving into the more sort of like um like law of attraction sort of like new age spiritualism don't think that just because it's new, new age spiritualism or something else it's not as serious to say like chaos magic planetary magic but yeah, act act as if what you're doing is is definitely gonna work, mm. and uh, well, not, not act as if it's gonna work. Act as if it's real, and then act accordingly. So, and see what results you get, and then see where your path takes you. Cool. Yeah, I like that. Um, well, awesome. Uh, wh where can people contact you to learn more about practice and about you yourself? So. I kind of keep everything under wraps. Um, I don't really like putting myself out there too much. I just kind of do what I do and leave it at that. 
um i try and keep things practical if you will so focus on the work rather than you know what i mean like people sort of like getting to know you or whatever i was like no nope, okay mm. work um but on instagram uh mainly under uh, rh deity specialist i presume that there'll be a link somewhere in the description mm-hmm. um, oh, yeah. from <laughs> but yeah that's that's basically the only way to contact me as of now um i also have a patreon which is sacred heart occult um i'll leave a link there as well for people but yeah they're the only two places um the sacred heart occult patreon was initially for saint work um only but i always had it in the back of my mind that i was going to expand it more into pop magic and chaos magic so there'll be a lot of that content being uploaded pretty soon so yeah very interesting uh things that you offer for people uh well thanks robert i appreciate your time today and sharing all the cool stories that you have A big thank you to our guest, Robert Peter. For more information about Robert and his client offerings, be sure to check out the show notes. Your support is invaluable to us. If you found this podcast enjoyable, take a moment to express your love by liking, commenting, and sharing it with those who might resonate with this content. And of course, don't miss out on future enlightening discussions by hitting that subscribe button. Your engagement propels us forward, and we are truly grateful for each and every one of you. Thank you for being an essential part of the Casual Temple community. 